Well, just wanted to start us off with something thought-provoking here today. Finally. Yeah. We can ignore reality, but we cannot ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. Quote from uh, Ayn Rand, or as some people like to call her, Ayn Rind. But uh, (laughs) you know who that is? (laughs) Yeah. Author of... Uh, Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Shrugged, yeah, interesting book. Sort of the libertarian anthem. It used to be. It seems like the libertarian movement's been co-opted by statists, which is funny. Really? You know, a lot of prominent libertarians went along with all the COVID lockdowns and restrictions and mandates, and they tend to be, you know, just statists now. There's probably some libertarians out there going, wait a minute. I'm not talking about like individuals. I'm just talking about kind of the influencers, the the pundits and things. There's still a few out there. But that's a good quote. Is uh, Rand Paul named after her? Do we know that for a fact? You'd have to ask Ron Paul. And and Ron's wife? Yeah. So... We can ignore reality, but we cannot ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. Does that, are we in the, to the listeners of the podcast, by the way, this is the Mind Virus podcast, mindvirus.show on the web. I'm Jordan Bruno. I'm Bobby Flood. It's Monday, August 14th, 2023. I've just been uh, thinking about that a little bit. Lately, I, I ran across this quote this this morning, but um, I think it encapsulates a lot of my feeling about what's going on in the world. Are we ignoring the consequences? Well, yeah, I mean, ignoring reality. Can we? We can't ignore that, according can, to Ayn Rand. <laughs> you can find a lot of examples. Like one recent thing I saw in the news was that the city of New York is. Uh, having trouble housing immigrants that are coming across the border illegally and southern border states and cities are shipping them to New York City and remember the 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 current mayor of New York City Eric Adams he campaigned on New York City being a sanctuary city Mm-hmm. And now he's saying, we can't handle can't this. handle these people. It's like, so you really aren't a sanctuary city. Well, of course, the government's solution to any problem is 100 times more expensive than any r- real rational solution. Well, and usually not effective either. Right. You have to have a whole um, traffic study, first of all. <laughs> you, have to have, you have to hire a bunch of consultants, form a, a department, and then you can house homeless people in hotels because mm-hmm. 
they have high vacancy rates due to COVID or something. Right. I mean, isn't what's their solution over there? Are they putting the people? I know in other places they're putting homeless people into expensive hotels. Hotels and I, I don't know, like yeah, office buildings or something. But a- anything other than, you know, kind of tighten up the border so that people who come to the United States do so legally and through the channels of that create, uh, you know, uh, better outcomes for everybody, both the immigrant and the, the people already here. But that, uh, that isn't on the agenda. <laughs> the agenda right now is just chaos, everywhere chaos. Here's another ignoring reality headline off of Zero Hedge. Disney is now, quote, making the same mistake as Bud Light, ex-Anheuser-Busch exec says. And then the subtext on Zero Hedge is, for over a year now. <laughs> yeah, Disney's been doing that a long, lot longer than Bud Light. They must have a ton of money. They can just... I, like, uh, I don't know why, but I ended up listening to some high school musical. Mm-hmm. Um over the weekend. You remember High School Musical? Yeah, yeah. Living in my own world. <laughs> didn't understand. Fil- filmed locally. That anything can happen. I don't remember it well enough when to you sing take it. a chance. I do because I just listened to it. Yeah. I, I thought, I think I remember, I was, I was remembering some of the music and I was like, I should listen to that. It's great music. Also, filmed in Utah at East High, right? Yeah. And also, contrary to popular opinion today, it's a love story, okay. not an anti-love story. Okay. Can you do a love story these days? Does that... Yeah, but it has to be between gender fluid, ambiguous, androgynous. So between a guy who thinks he's a girl and uh, an inanimate object or something? Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Anyway, that was a great story and a great production. And you don't want to know who produced it? Who produced it? Disney. Yeah. And of course, if you listen to the music on YouTube, it advertises to you that you can see it on the Disney channel. Right. And they, they have tons and tons of intellectual property that brings people back to their magnet of, like a magnet, brings it back to their center of... Uh, revenue generation. So I, I, I would guess that they have a lot of staying power just because they own the, the cool old stuff. But their new stuff, name one thing that hasn't bombed recently. Can we, can we name a Disney movie? Can you even think of a Disney movie that was put out recently? No. No. <laughs> I mean, but I'm trying to think. Like there was the like little Indiana. Don't they own Indiana Jones? I don't know. They they own all kinds of stuff now. Right. But I think Indiana I think most Jones. Most of their stuff is bombing. Indiana Jones. I think I they think might actually theirs. own Marvel now. Do they? I think so. They probably own uh, everything. Star Wars. They don't. They probably don't own Top Gun Maverick. ESPN. They don't own Sound of Freedom. They could have. They did at one point. They did at one point. Yeah, they did. ESPN uh, just—they've they've just laid off a ton of people there, a ton of their on-air personalities. You know, their expensive talent. Yeah. Why? Nobody's watching them. 
I guess, yeah. I mean, ESPN has progressively gone more and more woke and political. So people don't want to listen to the commentary, but they'll watch the sports? Yeah, I mean, they still have exclusive rights to certain sporting events, and so people still like their sports, but what they don't like is, and this has played out in, you know, different ways. I think for the most part, both sides, if you want to term it that way, like to keep sports political, you know, politi- politics free. The the uh, U.S. women's national team, the soccer team, lost in spectacular fashion, and people were celebrating that on Twitter. Americans were happy that this this team lost because they're so divisive and so political, and it was like. We don't like you because you don't like the country that you represent. We're not sad that you lost. This is the number one team in the world, you know, favored to at least make it to the finals, and they lost in the first elimination round. And there's a lot of schadenfreude around that game. What's schadenfreude? It's a German term that means taking pleasure in another person's misery. Uh, because Megan Rapinoe missed a penalty kick, and right, uh, we talked about that. Yeah. And so people are saying, "Ha ha!" That, you know, "Ha ha ha!" That's old news on the Mind Virus show. Yeah, well, <laughs> but the point being, uh, I just think people like they like their entertainment um, politics free as much as possible, or at least uh, you know, good entertainment. We've talked about this. Good movies, good storytelling will put messages in there and make the reader or the viewer think it was their idea that they saw that they, they gleaned that hidden message all on their own, even though Mm -hmm. it was really obvious. Whereas things like Barbie are so over the top, they just hit you in the face with it. And I I think people in general don't like that, especially from athletes. I mean, well, it used to work. Stars, yeah, it used to work pretty well where they would uh, their causes became our causes. But I think people are starting to see through that now, big time. Uh, I just remembered a Disney movie recent, a a recent Disney movie. It was The Little Mermaid, the Black Little Mermaid, Mm -hmm. right? And if you remember, this is the one where IMDb had to stop. They they changed their uh, rating system specifically <laughs> for this movie so that it wouldn't be wouldn't be on you know what two point five on IMDb's scale. the The top user review is titled "An Insult to the Original." It's a three out of ten. <laughs> and well, the, this movie still has on IMDb a ranking of seven point two. Do you use do you use the IMDb rankings? I do. I look at it and go, I, I'll I'll decide whether to watch a movie based on whether it gets good rankings. I don't I don't use it too much. I usually um I don't I, I don't really look at the rankings too often before. Sometimes I'll watch a review from guys I like. I like, like Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, right? If I'll, the I'll audience doesn't like it, you know. Well, Disney's got the, the new Snow White coming out. The woke white. And it's she's not white. I mean Snow White was called Snow White because skin white as snow. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's part of the whole And they got rid thing. of the seven dwarves and it's like the seven misfit you know, uh uh gender and race quota it's it's really bizarre 
So Gal Gadot plays the evil queen here. Yeah, the, yeah. So here you have Gal Gadot. And then a, is it a Hispanic lady or something? Or is she black? Black Hispanic? Probably. And she's been very outspoken and saying some really uninformed things, unfortunately, that young actress. But I think it's really funny that Gal Gadot plays the evil queen and she's asking the mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest one of all? And mm-hmm. if that mirror had eyes, it'd be like, you. You are, Gal. <laughs> you are. Not that little Snow White girl. Because it's just, you see them together in like these pressers and things and Gal Gadot is much taller than this Snow White actress and just stunning, right? She has a very commanding she is Wonder Woman. screen presence, right? She's Wonder Woman. And it's just kind of funny. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Another movie that neither of us will see, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm but not going to go see that. Why, like The Little Mermaid one. Why, first of all, the animated one is pretty good, you know? The music's pretty good. It's great. It's, it's target audience. Children loves... Mm-hmm. animation mm-hmm. like that or at least they used to i mean they hit the nail on the head yeah the, the disney's just remaking all of their old stuff into live action yeah so the live action uh aladdin quote, the live unquote. action beauty and the beast weren't those more true to the story i never saw them i didn't really i guess care. i didn't i, I, I don't feel like disney has disney's genius at making people buy the same thing three or four times yeah. Remember when they took all of those classic animated films off the market and put them in the vault? And then a, no. a few years later, they're <laughs> they like, had a vault. We're opening the vault. Just like the Vatican vault or the Little uh, LDS Mermaid. Church vault, the Church History vault? Uh, yeah. The Little Mermaid, now available for a limited time. Wasn't the problem that DVD. they. Wasn't the problem that they had sold a bunch and then they stopped selling it into the market? Back back in the day when you couldn't just get stuff on demand, because I mean now the world has totally changed. You can get just think of how impatient we are now. You can get every bit of digital media immediately. When was the last time you bought a record? Not a record like a record record. Although you know, like I don't think I've ever purchased a vinyl record. A vinyl. Those, Those kind of made a comeback. But when was the last time you bought an album that wasn't digital? Or even just bought an album. Because I just subscribed to Apple Music. When you say digital, you mean not like a CD? Well, when's the last time you bought a CD? Well, probably a year or two ago. I'm a little bit weird. Like, I don't have an iTunes subscription or a Spotify subscription. Mm-hmm. I will, uh, if, if I like the music, you know, because you can get most of it for free. You can listen to it on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are other ways to get it for free. Maybe maybe it's uh, from the Napster days that I still have a backlog. Right. Uh, but like, if I like the um, if I like the music, I'll actually buy the CD and rip it. So I've got a physical copy of it. Right. Which is a, dig- a physical digital copy, but right. So I yeah. I, f- I think I fall into a small minority there. Like I, I, to, I don't own um, any ebooks. Mm-hmm. I'm with uh, Feeding the Hungry, buy the old books mm-hmm. or buy paper books at least. That, that's yeah. my twist on that. I've got a few ebooks. I, en- I actually like reading on the Kindle. Paper I mean, I'll get white. a PDF here and there. I mean, I've, yeah. read, I've yeah. read PDFs, uh, EPUBs, but I'm not into, like, I feel like, like one, one time our youngest kid our daughter she guessed the password on our amazon prime account and she bought frozen 2 <laughs> without permission 
That's, I think, the only real digital movie we own. We had to change the password. Do you remember Spaceballs, the password on the on the um, shield around Earth and the big space vacuum that mm-hmm. looks, the lady that was the maid that looked like the uh, Statue of Liberty? Yeah. And you remember the password? No. Well, that was the password on our Amazon Prime account, except we had gone one step further and made it backwards. <laughs> and our five-year-old daughter figured that out somehow. Smart. Super smart. But the password, remember the password? I don't. One. Just two. Oh. Three, four. Three. Four. Five. And then they're repeating. I'm going to put that. I'll have to put that on the website. By the way, come to the website, mindvirus.show, where we do link to YouTube from time to time if it's funny, if it's good enough to to link their content. Maybe I've shared this story before, but there was this... uh, That's the password some idiot would put on his luggage. Remind me, change the password on my luggage. (laughs) There was... Mel Brooks, wonderful. I I think I've talked about this before, but there was a a fellow we met when I was a missionary, an LDS missionary. And he was a a character, and he was involved in things that we didn't want to get involved with. Would they have gotten you sent home from your mission? Drug trafficking. Oh, drug trafficking. That could get you sent home from your mission. He was more than just a corner drug dealer. He was a facilitator, and he was scheduling flights into the country and all kinds of stuff. By the way, um, I hear that the Taliban has eradicated 90% of the heroin trade. Yeah, I I read something uh, about that. In the world, by the way. I read something about that, and it made me wonder if the, the Taliban has been misrepresented to the West. Well, they certainly don't like heroin trade, and they're focusing on producing enough food for their country because they've been blockaded or something, sanctioned. Uh, Anyway, you were going to tell us about this guy on your mission. This guy, uh, the local drug dealer. He wanted to get to know the Mormons because he knew we were well-connected around the world. Oh, okay. But we had this appointment with him, and I was ready to just, because I kind of convinced my companion, who was much younger, kind of a greenie. I was like saying, you know what? We, I don't think this is going to go anywhere with this guy. We need to back off. We knock on his door. He lived in an apartment. We knock on the door. He opens it up about six inches and says, I'm feeling sick today. Can't meet. Go buy me cigarettes. And he hands us his credit card and says, one, two, three, four, and slams the door. <laughs> <laughs> he gave you the pin number too. So we went down to the corner store and we... we we, it was rainy that day, so we had our raincoats on that covered our tags. <laughs> and we bought him cigarettes. And we took, him back, took it back, and we gave him the cigarettes and the card. And he said... Uh, That's like, I think you could have gotten excommunicated for that, probably, or something. Well, he's like, hey, he, he, he tried to let us keep his card. He goes, I hear... You guys don't have a TV. Go buy yourself a TV on me. And we're like, no, no, that's very generous, but you know, no thanks. But speaking of music, here's a new hit song. I, I want to play it for you. You're not going to play the one by the guy with the red beard, are you? Uh, we'll talk about it later, maybe. This is uh, different. I want to know what our audience thinks okay, about this. Okay, good, because that was kind of a grading song, even though it's topping the charts. Yeah, it's a different style. Good old uh, TBM commented on it on the uh, yeah. website. We gotta, uh, by the way, we've got to read some website comments here. By the way, shout out to Edwin. Thanks for commenting. Isn't it obvious 
This is one of those big hits from back in the day. You don't even care. But I've been holding on to feelings I gotta share. Or maybe it's actually not. Did you like that? It's kind of catchy. <laughs> Who is it? That's John Lennon, or at least uh, an approximation of John Lennon. Uh, full, full, disclo full disclosure, if uh, Bobby hadn't sent that to me over the week, I might have offered up the idea that the, that was a long-lost Beatles hit or one I wasn't aware of, but that was fully generated by AI, wasn't it? Like the... the yeah the visual there's you got john lennon singing and then his voice and the lyrics and the music itself was generated by ai based on uh some sort of an amalgamation of other beatles information is that right yeah yeah the, you can kind of tell the visual is looks ai but uh, if someone had said hey there's a new beatles song out that was found in a vault speaking of vaults or something I mean that's a pretty good John Len John Lennon right there. Some people said the the fake John Lennon's better than the real John Lennon, but uh, that's where we're at. I think it's going to be really challenging for musicians and artists. It's already really hard for artists. Well, they're striking to fight with this. They're striking, so they're kind of forcing the hand of the studios to implement greater AI. Yeah, I mean they're the, they're the striking in in the absence of uh, talent. "Quote unquote." Talent. Yeah, the the strike is an interesting thing. I saw, <laughs> I saw a headline, and it was like three months into the strike. Has it been going on for three months? Uh, Hollywood, Hollywood, uh, struggling to find work or something like that. And it's like, well, that's what happens when you go on strike. And unfortunately, and and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of good, honest people that work in Hollywood. You, you, no one knows their names because they're crew members. They, they're guys who run the lights and build the sets and paint the things and, you know, do catering. And, uh, and for them, yeah, probably it, this is tough. But unfortunately, they work in an industry that the, the rest of the country has no sympathy for. Well, and a lot of the country is disengaging from their right. industry. I mean, you think about during the, the pandemic when a lot of people lost their jobs, celebrities were on TikTok telling everyone to shut up and stay home and stay safe. And remember that, speaking of the Beatles, remember the horrible rendition of Imagine that a bunch of celebrities cobbled together? No. <laughs> Please don't. Are you going to make me look this Please up? I just, I just want to point out like the top... Uh, we got to point out that the, Hollywood's falling apart and the music industry's kind of falling apart. The I'm going to link to an article on uh, Zero Hedge titled, Is Anyone Surprised Left-Wing Media Doesn't Like Rich Men, Rich Men North of Richmond, which is a smash hit by a guy named Oliver Anthony, who's just a redneck-looking dude who's cobbled together a production, looks like in his backyard or uh, you know somewhere in the... 
in Appalachia, if we can even say it that way, uh, with a sort of a protest anthem. And his, as of Monday morning, the guys got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs in the top 20 on Apple iTunes, which is, can that be sort of the modern equivalent of uh, the top 40? I don't know. But, uh, or at least it's, it's some sort of a ranking system. He's got the top three songs, okay? Rich Men North of Richmond, Ain't Got a Dollar, and I've Got to Get Sober are his titles. Oh, you're playing, he's playing his song. This isn't the Imagine version. This is number one on iTunes right now. Yeah, it's a big hit. Yep, I I went to YouTube, I typed in O, and they're prompting for this. The Oliver Anthony is the top search prompt on YouTube if you type in O. And if you click on his music, um, you'll get a few reaction videos and stuff, an ad, and then you'll get his uh, some commentary on it, but you get his video. You got 9.2 million views on the official music video. Um, and YouTube is famous for downgrading the stats on conservative or anti-statist material like they'll you know you'll get a you'll get a video that gets like 20 million views and they'll report that you'll you'll see that it gets that many views and then you come back a day later and it's down to 3 million or, or 400,000 or something like they they're famous for adjusting the stats so that the plebes the hoi polloi the the regular users do not realize that bazillions of other people are also watching the same material which is totally part of the part of the mind control mechanism what you looking for Just uh, something else <laughs> i th you know i this the music's okay but i think it speaks volumes that these quote unquote protest songs are getting so much traction and you know what will happen is you get a lot of these uh, amateur rappers that have songs go viral when they're rapping about right. uh, Donald Trump or the the conspiracy or the government. And and in this case, this guy's on iTunes, so so folks like Rolling Stone are having to take him seriously. Yeah, he well, wasn't not really he, taking him seriously. But they're, uh, they're, they're they're serious. They're they're making serious attempts to to downgrade the guy. There, he wasn't on iTunes before all this blew up. Um, it was a, the, the video. He did, he did like a local radio thing and they filmed him and that, That's it. that video blew up. It has millions of views and I think they scrambled to get him up on these platforms because he had his own YouTube channel and just had him like film, you know, recording his songs in a, in a garage or something. 
it's so are we going to find out? Are we going to find out eventually that this is actually Credence Clearwater Revival revisited, where um, <laughs> it's a bunch of guys from San Francisco sounding like they're from the Deep South? Uh, I think this guy's legit, you know. But it's kind of a, di- a different style, right? It doesn't have a lot of like rhythm or flow to it. It's a different sort of mountain style. I, I think his voice is great. Oh, he's a good musician. Yeah. People are mad about the lyric that says that if if you're fat and out of shape and if you're 300 pounds and five feet tall (laughs) the government shouldn't be paying for your fudge rounds people are taking that really are getting really offended (laughs) by that it's like he's just saying that and they're glossing over there's a there's a line in there about um the the government discriminating against minors in west virginia or something yeah like take care of minors instead of like what does he say take care of minors in the mountains instead of minors on an island <laughs> yeah so the play, play on, on words play on the words there is a definite reference to epstein's island yeah some of it is really uh uh almost too on the nose like the lyrics like but well you the jokes write themselves now right, right. Like, did you see the babylon b article i sent you about how uh democrats are unwilling to accept um <laughs> what was the title of this article i gotta find it because it was hilarious it was almost like Jonathan Turley, who's a constitutional constitutional scholar, wrote an article this week about how the Democrats are unwilling to accept this evidence coming out about the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. But he was beat to the punch by the Babylon Bee, who says, Democrats say it will take a lot more than eyewitnesses, testimony, bank records, audio, video, and complete confessions for them to believe Biden did anything wrong. This this article is like, it's almost, I almost want to cry reading it because it's actually not fa- farcical. It's right. the, it's the reality. Right. Here, let me read it to you. This, okay. is, this is great. Th- this deserves, you're going to have to wait on whatever you've got on your phone there. Uh, Dateline Washington, D.C. As evidence of bribery and corruption by the Biden family continues to mount. Democrat lawmakers in the nation's capital have expressed... Oh, I need to do the NPR voice. Okay. Okay, let's see. Let's see if I can get this. What do they do? Uh, wow, 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 wow. Okay. As evidence of bribery and corruption by the Biden family continues to mount, Democrat lawmakers in the nation's capital have expressed heavy skepticism, saying they will need a lot more than just eyewitnesses, financial records, audio and video recordings, and admissions of guilt from parties involved for them to believe any of it. Quote, <laughs> nah, I'm not buying it, said California Congressman Eric Swalwell. Quote, if you're wanting me to believe President Biden and his family have been involved in far-reaching money-for-favors schemes for years... You'll need to show me a lot more than rock-solid, irrefutable evidence. <laughs> if the Biden family was corrupt, I think I would have heard about it from my Chinese spy girlfriend. End quote. The Biden administration maintains absolute innocence, despite an ever-growing collection of evidence that would indicate otherwise. Quote, the president and his family have done nothing wrong, said White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, who is a woman and also black and also gay. Quote, It's completely normal for families to enrich themselves by selling political influence to foreign governments and corporations. Any assertion to the contrary is simply Republicans grasping at straws. 
Also, I will not be taking any more questions regarding bribery allegations, end quote. <laughs> as, rumor, as rumors swirled that additional audio recordings of President Biden accepting bribes may soon be released, Democrats continued to brush them off. Quote, I see nothing wrong here, said Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Quote, so he's on tape taking bribes? It's not like it proves he took bribes or something, end quote. At publishing time, Republicans in Congress said they were waiting on several more truckloads of evidence before beginning impeachment proceedings. That's the end of the article. <laughs> it's not far from the truth. It's the truth. It's not, it's not that it's far. It's not, it's yeah, not that it's, it's close to the truth. It's, it's like the actual, it's, it's almost right the actual reality. It's like right on. Uh, I got to find the, uh, where's the article by Turley? What are you going to say? Jump in here. Try to try uh, to got some big try news. to get a, try to get a word in edgewise, got, Bobby well, Flood. I've got some big news here. I'm just going to play it. Okay. Sisters, I thank you all for joining us today. As you know, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has been blessed with many great blessings. We have seen tremendous growth and prosperity over the years, and it is a true testament to our faith and dedication and financial stewardship. Today I am pleased to announce that due to our wise investments, the church has amassed such a large financial portfolio that we no longer need our members to pay tithing. <laughs> we have all of the resources that we need to sustain and grow our faith and to continue to bring the gospel to the world. To ask you to add more wealth to our already sufficient stores would be worshiping mammon and not God. As President Joseph F. Smith prophesied in 1907, I want to say to you, we may not be able to reach it right away, but we expect to see the day when we will not have to ask you for one dollar of donation for any purpose, <laughs> except that which you volunteer to give of your own accord, because we will have tithes sufficient in the storehouse of the Lord to pay everything. Is this an AI? What what are we listening to here? What are, come on, Bobby? Yeah, we you, just jumped tell, from, we jumped from the Babylon B to something about church. Do you want to talk about church? Because I think our uh, listeners love it when we talk about church. Those, those no, episodes uh, yeah. get this, this, well, the, uh, the Barbie episode got a lot of traction too. This was a, a natural segue. You tell me what we just heard. <laughs> was that that's was a, that an announcement? That's AI Russell Nelson. I just heard we don't have to pay tithing anymore. <laughs> yeah, you heard it straight from the prophet's mouth. From John Lennon's mouth. Uh, this AI stuff's getting good. You could kind of tell that sounds like a younger version of Russell M. Nelson. Sure. <clears throat> but pretty not bad there, some of the cadence and some of the inflections that we hear from him. This AI stuff's getting, it's getting crazy. And it's really going fast. It's accelerating. The quality of it is accelerating. I think you should just let that stand and let people know they heard it here first. <laughs> well, that's on YouTube and it's four months old. So so it's already been announced? <laughs> yeah. And there's, uh, let's see. What's the title on YouTube? <clears throat> it says AI General Conference, no more tithing, exclamation point. And uh it has nine, only 9,000 views. It has 94 comments, though. Hmm. 
This is the top comment. It says, The church doesn't need our money. It was always clear. However, the saints need to follow the commandment of God. Tithing is a blessing for the saints and not for the church. Many have a testimony of this. This is the Church of Christ. He is the leader, not President Nelson. Tithing is not a decision of man. So what they're saying is that the church is having difficulty these days and losing members because the tithing was never supposed to support the church anyway. It was just a blessing for the members, not the church itself is going to crumble because tithing will never really help it anyway. Is that kind of what the guy said? The it's next, a blessing for the members, not for the church. That's what he says. So how do we bless the church? Because the church needs some help. I, the next, like I, <laughs> I ran into some guys from the the stake this week under interesting circumstance, and they sort of sort of lamented that you know things are crumbling, at least in private. I don't. What are you laughing at? <laughs> this is one of the comments. <laughs> Where did it go? I lost it. I hope it's it says good. that's not President Nelson speaking. It's a fake video. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yes, that was made uh, clear in the title. Who, who? There's a reported quote by a. I think we've we've mentioned it before from a, a CIA director. Maybe it was AI. I think it's an unsubstantiated quote. Like nobody will really admit to it. But they were talking about um, all the influence operations. The intelligence agencies that engaged in in the 70s and 80s and maybe it came out of the church hearings i don't know that was in the 70s i if i remember right or the 60s when were when were the ch- church hearings that were frank church uh mm-hmm. i think those was the 60s but i can't remember off the top of my head i need a I need a personal assistant like chat gpt to tell me yeah the church committee select committee to investigate the intelligence in 1975 this is where i think we get that that great picture my brother wants to put this on a on a t-shirt of uh barry goldwater holding the heart attack gun yeah yeah, because that's of course that's of course doesn't exist but there's goldwater in conference holding it anyway uh well now we just have heart attack shots <laughs> vaccines you don't need the gun no the the quote was that uh the cia will have done its job when everything americans believe is false right i have to look that up and see if i can find that unsubstantiated quote so i can quote it on the website yeah that was the cia attributed to the cia director at the time william something or other if i'm remembering right schmosh and wackle maybe but shot uh, and fried um yeah, that, that was Schadenfreude, is that the German word? Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude, like Sigmund Freud? Schadenfreude, Schadenfreude. Anyway, that was not actually Russell M. Nelson, in case you're wondering. And just as that was not actually John Lennon. But uh, yeah, the, the, AI, the AI technology, as we often talk about, is getting, it's, uh, getting uh, very good, very hard to distinguish from reality. What were you looking up before I derailed you? <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't know. I you, think we, oh, were t- you, we were talking you, about Jonathan Turley. We did the Babylon yeah, Bee yeah, article. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then uh, Jonathan Turley wrote an article. I'll link to this. You can read it. But uh, the the media, he he's he's getting more and more blunt with his assessment, which is interesting because he's quite highly 
at least he used to be quite highly uh, respected in the world of media. He he would be brought on by networks, uh, you know, the, the main mm-hmm. networks to comment on issues of law and constitutional law and government and whatnot. But then in the Trump era, he's been downgraded because, you know, they didn't like what he had to say about stuff. And now he, I think based on the totality of his uh, experience, he realizes, yeah, the, the fix is in, so to speak. We, we're not in Kansas anymore, so he's been more, more and more um, open about the problems, which is interesting because this guy is a smart dude and he's got a lot of really good legal insight into it. His the title of his column here, August 11th, so just a few days ago, is Illusions of Influence. The media moves the goalpost again on Biden corruption. And um, so here's the first paragraph. With the new disclosures in the Biden corruption scandal, the media has again pivoted to avoid acknowledging the obvious. It now has a new demand before it will fully recognize a report on the scandal. Remember, this scandal's been going on since before the 2020 election. This is the, right. It goes all the way back to 2016 or 2015 with the Russiagate hoax, which we now have found out that the one of the perpetrators of the Russiagate hoax is actually now being indicted for what? For being in league with Russia, for accepting, you know, right. for foreign influence, et cetera. They just took all the things they were involved in and said, that's, put Trump's name But on that's it. a long-standing strategy, is, right. is to accuse your enemy of all the stuff you're, you're involved in. I think that's the, they call it the Cloward Piven strategy or something like that. I don't know. When we're flying by the seat of our pants on the podcast, we're going to only <laughs> check select information. You get to go. Uh, verify all the dimensions, like it says on a on a real estate listing. Buyer to develop, buyer to verify all the information and uh, dimensions on this listing. Yeah, you do your own due diligence. But uh, we give you lots of good jump off points. But yeah, uh, way back then it appears that the the fix was in. But then, um, you know, the first. The first place, besides the Russiagate hoax, you know, besides the immediate attack on Donald Trump, the the first place this really started to get weird was when um, Trump had a phone call with President Zelensky of Ukraine, right? And now the now famous Zelensky. Heard of him. Yeah, I heard of him. And he kind of said, "Hey, we don't want to necessarily send you all of this money so quickly. Uh, I, I think I want you to investigate some of the corruption that was involved in the past administration uh, linked to the Biden family, right? Before we send you this money, I'd like you to figure out if Joe Biden got the lead prosecutor that was that was investigating." Burisma, right? The, mm-hmm. the energy deals of the Biden family. If 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 he really got him fired, we need because we're a country of law. We'd like to find out if our if some of these people are uh, you know working the system to their advantage. Well, Biden's on video saying, "I got the guy fired." He tells the whole story like, and he's bragging about it, right? But Donald Trump asked Zelensky to investigate it, right? And then was speedily impeached for that, right? Right. Okay, we're talking about the impeachment of a president of the United States. (laughs) And then it turns out that it's all true. (laughs) And uh, and it's getting to be more and more blatantly obvious as the the 
if you remember in the 2020 election, the House of Representatives uh, majority shifted from the Democrats to the Republicans. So the, De- the Republicans have decided to hold investigations into all of this scandal and they're finding, quote unquote, truckloads of evidence. Right. According to the Babylon Bee and every other <laughs> rational source out there. Anyway. Well, we have the, lop- the laptop. Well, that's the thing. Then it, it, the laptop wasn't the first thing. The laptop right. was just like gratis. It was like <laughs> on top. It was like the icing on the cake. And it's the most salacious part of it because you've got all these pictures of Hunter Biden. You, you have Joe Biden naked. himself saying, yeah, I called and, and got the guy fired. Well, yeah, they, they wanted to downplay, uh, not only that, but they wanted to downplay the Hunter laptop because it's like, well, it's just pornography. It's just salacious stuff. You know, it's just, the, it's mm-hmm. just this wayward son of the president. And... Uh, Many of the researchers who looked into the data on the laptop, they documented like dozens and dozens of federal crimes. They're like, right. no, 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 you're looking in the wrong place. Don't look at the pictures of the uh, hunter smoking crack and uh, getting a blowjob from a hooker, um, which happened like way more times. I didn't, I didn't look at it, right? But it's, you know... Dozens right, that, and dozens. I don't know. Is that is that fair? Like he had documented <laughs> encounters with dozens, or maybe more than dozens. You know, dozens of dozens of. I don't know, times. but it's like. But he had documented you, his you, encounters. You, he's, his he's, encounters. You know, Joe Biden said he is the smartest person I know about Hunter. He's pretty smart, and it's like you got to be pretty stupid to to document the things he was doing on both sides of this the financial and the influencing stuff plus the you know the personal things like i i think it just demonstrates that these guys believe themselves to be untouchable well so far they have been. and so far they are yeah uh, anyway um the those salacious evidences that that stuff wasn't even i mean they wouldn't even admit that it was real they they didn't even they didn't even go so far as to say it's AI or whatever. They just said, well, it's Russian disinformation. Right. And um, I think America is definitely having buyer's remorse. They definitely would have have appreciated if they could have voted for the other guy. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe they did, and the election was rigged, but you can't talk about that. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so this... The the laptop documents like egregious crimes, financial crimes, right. not just the the whoring of and 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 debauchery of Hunter Biden. Anyway, with the new disclosures, and the new disclosures are not these disclosures. The new disclosures are the truckloads of evidence that the Republican and House Committee has uncovered, which like the, that's why the Babylon B thing isn't funny because confessions, taped confessions. And, uh, you know, mountains of evidence, (laughs) that's not admissible now. So with the new disclosures, the media has again pivoted to avoid acknowledging the obvious. It now has a new demand before it will fully recognize a report on the scandal. Of course, after long repeating denials of Joe Biden that he never that that he never knew about his son's foreign business deals, the media must now recognize that Hunter was selling influence and access. So they have added yet another task. They want to show, they want you to show that Joe Biden actually accepted the money. And uh, Turley points out that this is what in literature is called the impossible task. Right. So right. the idea that Biden, uh, they're going to have to find a direct bribe given to Joe Biden in an envelope or a direct deposit as if 
the you know he he points out that there was a former um congressman William Jefferson who was found with cold hard cash in his freezer and and then Turley goes on to say however among professional influence peddlers a direct payment to the principal Joe Biden would be viewed as sacrilegious <laughs> enough for a lifetime ban from the major corruption league <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, as if Joe Biden's going to take 50 grand and put it in his freezer or take well, it in uh, an envelope, like a paper, you know, a big thick right. paper envelope like you see Next, I'll just say, yes, Joe Biden was selling influence to foreign governments. Here's why it's a good thing. Here's why it's a good thing. That's the next step. Yeah, Biden was taking so much money, you can't take it in cash. You have to take it through a shell corporation. And maybe 12 or 13 of them. Yes, check. <laughs> check, 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 check. What? This is uh, we've said it before on the show. This the the last three years is Watergate times a million, a hundred thousand. Yeah, makes Watergate look silly. It makes it like look amateurish, which it was. Yeah, but I mean, we're living in a cl- living in a clown world. Didn't understand that anything <laughs> could happen. In corruption land. Yeah, be careful. Uh, we never believed that the Bidens weren't true. We also, or that the church took your money <laughs> for things you never knew. That's pretty good. We also learned this week you got to be real careful about you put what you put on social media. Oh, yeah? What did yeah. you, you put on well, social I'm, media? Uh, not me. What happened? Well, they, that guy got in Provo got shot by the FBI. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... That's another a, a sad episode in in uh, Utah history. Do you want to bring us up to speed on that? What did he What did he do? Well, he had uh, apparently, allegedly, posted threats to Biden because Biden came to Utah, right? I saw a did headline. He? What did he do? What was he doing here in Utah? Was he like uh, <laughs> I don't know, but coll- I collecting. Uh, I drove through. Uh, was it collecting the protection money? <laughs> maybe. I Doesn't drove, he have guys that do the make the rounds for him? I drove through uh, Summit County, where Park City is located, and I stopped at a gas station. And there was a the little local paper, the Park Record. They had a little newspaper box, and you can see the front page. It's supposed to entice you to put the dollar in and buy it, mm. or maybe this one. They was, accept cash. I don't know. Maybe this one was free, but the headline <laughs> the headline said Biden wows in Park City. <laughs> Wow. I'm sure. I'm sure he did. But uh, this guy apparently um, said on Facebook that he was cleaning his his old rifle in anticipation of Biden coming. He was making, apparently he was making very unveiled threats, like obvious threats against the president. Like almost in the area of Kathy Griffith's severed head holding Donald Trump's severed oh, head. That was just threats. art. That was art? Yeah, it was just oh, art. Okay. And it's this not guy, like Drew Barrymore who said she was going to kill the president. Yeah, or, the, I think the problem this guy had was, number one, he was old. Number two, he was fat. Number three, he was not attractive. Number four, it was the wrong president. Well, apparently, though, apparently the FBI has been watching him for a long time, which means they could have quietly questioned him or taken him into custody at well, this any is the moment. whole Branch Davidian argument. They could have taken David Koresh any day when he went out for oh, yeah. his daily run. Yeah, they were watching him for a long time. 
Instead, they decided to um, put them under siege, yeah. essentially, shoot them all. And in this case, they, it was a pre-dawn battering ram, busted the guy's door down, and they shot him. Um, Rather than confront him out on the sidewalk. <clears throat> yeah, or wait for him to come out to get the when mail or something. When he was going to church. Right. Or they could have knocked on his door and said, hey, did you make these posts? Let's." Well, they did. I think they came over one time, and this was the second time, and he had threatened them with violence. You know, don't come back without a... Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. This is stuff I read on the internet, so it's probably not true. I think this guy was... This might even be made up. Does anybody know if this guy was actually shot? Maybe this is an AI I mean, news that's the thing. You have, we have... This AI is getting incredible, as I keep saying, and so it's hard to know what's real. Maybe the maybe the whole Hunter Biden laptop maybe is we've all got, AI. Maybe we've just gotten sucked into being uh, proxy agitprop purveyors. Maybe. maybe. But this guy was—they battered—they uh, battered his door down and, and shot him, killed him, because um, he resisted, of course. Well, there's no—they're not even claiming that he resisted. Well, nobody's saying anything, right? I don't think he had time to resist. Plus, this guy was crippled. Like he, there was no resistance. The guy couldn't physically resist anything. Especially, he could walk to church, couldn't he? Yeah, well, he he can walk to church. Sure, there's a difference between walking to church and resisting. Well, I'll tell you, forty-five armed SWAT guys. Right. Rather than playing devil's advocate here, I think the thing that's that's so uncomfortable for the people ignoring reality here about this thing and why it get, why it's been brushed under the rug. Like I, I saw it on KUTV briefly. KSL, I don't think mentioned it. KSL maybe, had a, maybe really quickly. KSL had a story about why he deserved what he got, but they, ne- but they never, they're not talking about it very much, right? This is just, we're never going to find out uh, what the details are here unless you really dig deeply. But, but uh the problem is it's so obvious. I mean, it is like Kathy Griffith and the severed head. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd think that, that you, they might somebody send somebody over and say, hey, you know, you seem pretty upset. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's pretty clear you're not much of a threat. <laughs> right. Can we get you some psychological help? Yeah. Can instead, you, you want to you talk about this? Yeah, instead, this is the, the the nail that sticks up gets hammered down type of a scenario. And then this guy obviously well, wanted to provoke some sort of a reaction. Otherwise, why would he be? There's a lot of that kind of stuff. On. I mean, he proved the tyranny. This, this is like a, I'm going to prove you guys are evil right. by, by doing the thing that you're saying you're going to kill me over, and then you're going to kill me. Yeah, I'd be interested to know who made the decision to escalate you know, on the law enforcement side, because there's a lot of this kind of stuff out there on the internet. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean and including with high-profile celebrities, who it just were, looks like an execution. That's the yeah. problem. And I'm not saying that Kathy, a, summer, a summary judgment execution. I'm not saying Kathy Griffin, Griffith, whatever her name is, should have been gunned down or anything like that. What I'm saying is, well, on the contrary, what was, we're saying is, you, Kathy, you look like you're pretty upset about this or Robert De Niro. Right. You seem very upset. Can we get you some psychological right. help? Like we, you, you're talking about killing people over politics and you know, your side's been getting a lot of the money. So, right. You know, don't you think you, you could talk to somebody about this before you make violent threats against half the country or. Right. 
But unfortunately, most people are going to look at this episode in Provo and say, you know, he got what he deserved. Good riddance. What a nut job. And and uh, it just uh, reinforces the uh, the sort of the heavy hand of the state here. That kind of a reminder that if they don't like what you say, they'll just show up at your door one morning and shoot you. Instead of or uh, take you into custody, take all your assets, and make you fight the, right. them from the inside of the jail with nothing. Right. I mean, I think that's the he must have. Re, well, I don't know. I don't. Maybe he didn't resist, but well, I don't think he had a. Uh, I don't think he had any opportunity to resist the, that morning. They they said, "Open up," and you can hear him on this video that a neighbor recorded. You can hear him say, "Give me a minute," and then boom, he's dead. So I, I don't think he resisted anything. This is a guy who. Be real hard for him to resist anything, and you could maybe. They, so they the, came in. Well, they've got. They're supposed to theoretically. They're supposed to have some sort of a legal justification for shooting somebody. So they, they, they're serving they're, a warrant. I think the legal justification was that they have guns and they can shoot them. Well, I mean, the, the legal justification at least used to be like he pulled a gun on us, and, it, and we found out it was a cell phone. Cell phone. We're yeah, sorry. Yeah, they're not even making that kind of claim that I've seen. The law enforcement, the media is not even saying. Where are all the uh, George Floyd type protesters, the police brutality guys on this one? Uh, they're cheering it on. Because it's police brutality against a white guy? Yeah, a Trump supporting white guy. Hmm. Of course, there's not going to be, rap, rap, you know, uh, <laughs> what's the repercussions. Word? There's not going to be. Uh, what's the word? Well, what word? Describe the word. Riots. Riots. What, there's okay. not going to be riots over this guy. <laughs> That's the word you were looking for. Protests, riots, whatever. Right. But uh, it's probably going to do a good uh, job at quelling any other sort of uh, anti-Biden rhetoric on social media. And we can make the argument, you could argue that this guy crossed the line or whatever. But again, it's speech and... There's there's ways to handle that. There's better ways to handle it, like you've mentioned. Maybe engaging with the person and talking to him. Maybe getting him some medical or psychological assistance or help, or just hearing him out, letting him rant for a minute. Yeah. You know, they watched him for over a month, apparently. So I think they had a pretty good idea of what this guy was all about. Meaning they physically watched him. Yeah, surveilled. Like not just his social media posts, but they identified this guy as somebody mm -hmm. they wanted to take out, and mm -hmm. then they strategized about how to do it, and then they did it. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Hmm. Well, sad day for America. <laughs> another, lots of those. another sad day. <laughs> lots of those. yeah. There's been a lot of those. <clears throat> well, what do you want to talk about today? Well, on the we're, podcast, we're an hour in. Maybe, uh, maybe we, maybe today's a shorter episode. I don't know if what uh, what else to talk about. Well, we're we're talking about ignoring reality, right? I I like mm -hmm. that quote. We can ignore reality, but we cannot ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. Right. What is what is the reality? The reality is something I think that, like, say my, you know, some of the elder members of my family, the generation ahead of me might have wanted to ignore for a long time, which is that our system is broken. It's corrupt. Mm -hmm. 
you have uh, a weaponized government, not just the Justice Department, but the whole government is weaponized against you. You're taxed into oblivion, right? Right. Is, it the, is, is the reality that the rich men north of Richmond lyrics are actually true? <laughs> and the sword of justice hangs over us because the secret combination has gotten above us? The, people have been warning about this for a long time in the Mormon communities. You know, People like uh, Verlin Anderson, who was a 70, I think. Is that true? Uh, maybe. I don't remember. Uh, H. Verlin Anderson, a general authority, yeah. I think he, uh, he wrote, he was called by Ezra Taft Benson. He, um, he served as a 70, and he was one of those conservative post-World War II John Bircher type of guys. <laughs> so he was right. widely dismissed by, by people who dismissed even President Ezra Taft Benson for trying to sound the alarm about the corruption in the at the highest levels of government, you know. Um, we had I th- there was a period in the '90s. Remember when George Bush gave the New World Order speech that riled a lot of people up? Um, it might have had. It might have been that there was momentum because Bill Clinton gained, uh, he, he ascended to the presidency and, and a lot of people were unnerved by that. But I think a lot of these folks were, were attuned to the uh, complicity of, of the Bush family already. And there were, uh, any, anybody that was prepping, you know, the, the, church, the church has a history of taking people who are viewed as the extreme and ostracizing them or, mm-hmm. or marginalizing them. And so a lot of those people were excommunicated. They want to, like if you talk about the 90s and people getting excommunicated in the 90s, you have the September 6th, right. which was an, an, a group of intellectuals. But then you have the, um, what they'll call fundamentalists or constitutionalists. And um, what they want to do is asso- associate anybody that was concerned about government, about the New World Order, about the United Nations with uh, some of these fringe polygamy groups. Right. So it's a guilt by association tactic. And I, I, I've talked to plenty of people who are, were around or caught up in or involved in that. And, you know, I think polygamy is the extreme mm-hmm. there. It's not, it's not the main reason why people end up at odds with the, the mainstream of the culture. But some people do. What do you got there? Well, these are the lyrics for that song. <clears throat> you want to hear them? Sure. Uh, do your best Credence Clearwater Revival <laughs> impersonation. Well, they say, I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullsh pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me and people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is. Living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men north of Richmond, Lord knows they all just want to have total control. Want to know what you think, want to know what you do, and they don't think you know, but I know that you do. Because your dollar ain't sheesh, and it's taxed to no end because of Richmond north of Richmond. He doesn't say sheesh. 
<laughs> You're, uh, Bobby's censoring for the family element of the show. Uh, I wish politicians would look out for miners and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the obese milk and welfare. Well, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. <laughs> Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. Lord, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me and people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is. So, yeah, I mean, people are resonating with this. And well, I think the big problem is that the, the rubber's hitting the road here on mainly inflation. There's a lot of talk about so-called Bidenomics or something, yeah, which Biden isn't is really a thing. embracing that term, Bidenomics. Yeah, and it's not, it's not like Biden, it, this didn't just all happen under Biden. Remember, a lot of the money was allocated under the Trump regime due to COVID, that's where a lot of the inflation comes from. A lot of the inflation and the restrictions on government comes from the COVID era. And then, of course, you've got Biden and regulations and stuff like that. But, but this, this goes way back. You know, we've, been, we've been digging our own grave for Here, uh, 20 C years at least. C CNN, of all people, right? Of all organizations. CNN tweeted out the other day, the typical American household spent 709 dollars more in july than they did two years ago to buy the same goods and services according to moody's analytics mm -hmm. that's a lot say it again how much more 709 dollars more in july than they did two years ago to buy the same goods and services yeah uh dimitri one of our friends of the podcast here he, I don't think he's listening in a while, but he says, it seems that the podcast episodes I listen to usually talk about inflation. Here we are, talk about inflation. Why are we talking about inflation? Because it's inflating. Well, and it's also, it's a, it's reality. It matters to, it matters to people. It matters to this guy, Oliver Anthony. It's uh, a, and it's a consequence of ignoring reality. I mean, I know there's more factors, but look at the, the so-called pandemic. We shut the economy down, and then we pumped in trillions of dollars into the economy. And well, we just mostly into rich people's yeah, pockets. Right, right. There's a huge transfer of wealth. We, uh, we forced people out of jobs, out of work, underemployment, unemployment. We, there was all the, uh, the COVID checks, you know, all the stimulus checks that went out. We pumped all this fake money into the economy. And we just expect that not to have any consequences. Meanwhile, people are still, a lot of people are still underemployed or unemployed. Mm -hmm. And the price of everything is insane. I yeah. mean, it's just insane. Here's what Dimitri said. He said, you know, I listen every once in a while, I guess. And uh, you're usually talking about inflation, which I would say we're not always talking about inflation, but it is happening. But he says, especially food inflation. He says he's been in Las Vegas for a conference and um, he says an ice cream sundae at Ghirardelli is now $18.50. Over $20 was sales tax. That's, ins that's, 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 that's insane. insanity. That, but it's a he says it's a 50% increase from a couple of years ago. He says uh, other food in Vegas is similar. Making 
JCW prices seem almost reasonable. Almost. Almost. I'm not. I mean, I'm still you're boycotting. Always getting, you're always going to pay a premium on the strip in Vegas. Dimitri, I'm still boycotting the JCWs. But, they will never be back in the family. But yeah, yeah, I mean, and Five Guys is another burger place. It's like $11 for their hamburger. Five Guys? Yeah. $11. I think so, for like the double burger. What happened to the $6 restaurant burger? Remember those commercials? Yeah, the $6 burger. They said that. that was, three, it was like three bucks. Yeah. It was like, but for three bucks, you get what you're going to get at a high-end restaurant for, for $6. $6. That wasn't that long ago. <laughs> no. It's, um, it's not just the price of food, though, right? It's the cost of everything. I mean, vehicles, homes. The right. housing market and is so, sort of teetering. So if all of our wages were increasing proportionately, would we be upset about it? Would, is, the, is, there, is the squeeze finally hitting home for enough Americans that something's going to break? Or is this just typical of the human experience? Because we've been through periods like this before in, the, in, in history, in American history, in world history. Uh, I don't there, know. There's an apocalyptic feeling in the air. I mean, we, we postulate on this all the time on the podcast. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, 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 money is always the thing that's going to snap people out of a stupor. And as soon as they can't pay for their Netflix and their internet and uh, their Doritos, then they start, then they start waking up a little. I'm, I'm just wondering what is the actual reality we're ignoring here? Because, well, like you said, a, it's a lot a, of, but a lot of people in the, prepper or conservative movement might be like, yeah, it's going to go to straight to hell and we're going to break off into a uh, apocalyptic scenario. Right. Yeah. Or is it, it possible? Might. Is it possible that it's the slow grind is the reality we're ignoring here that we need to, rather than like, like Catherine Fitz said, I quoted this last week, I think we need to be working on building the future rather than predicting it and surviving it. What's because I don't feel like, I think I'm doing a lot of complaining. I'm not sure what I'm doing to build it. Am I ignoring the reality? I'm, am I trying to ignore the consequences of ignoring the reality? Because you can't ignore the consequences. I think is that's, what Rand I th- says. I think Catherine Austin Fitz has a nice thought there, but I don't know if it's possible anymore. Not without massive, uh, like coalitions of people, because we're so deep into this. Like, how, how do you re? How do you build? The, the future. I mean, you can do that for yourself to a, to a degree, but well, you don't have to partake of uh, Disney products, right? Yeah, yeah, that, but that's not going to stop. Do they have enough money that they just? You, you can you can abstain from Disney or uh, you know Netflix or whatever, but that's not going to stop the central bank digital currency from being implemented. Okay, not so stop like the... uh, Doctor Nick, who's just using cash everywhere. Are we just not using cash enough? Did uh, you see the video of the weatherman in the UK who paid with coin and? Did you not see that? Mm-mm. But yeah, like I said, there's little things that individuals can do. Now, if if the whole nation suddenly tomorrow said, I'm only going to use cash, that'd probably last about two days before, you know, cash was banned or something. But again, well, the, the, the forces that we are up against are, are so, they're, they're, they've infiltrated every corner of everything thing in the system yeah but don't is is this is this not a little bit like the movie ants or bugs life where the ants just have to figure out that they have the power as long as they stand up 
Yeah, it might be. The problem is they can't. We're divided and conquered, right? We're divided and we're we're satiated. We're fat and happy. There's that line oh. in a Gladiator where uh, Maximus has been in jail for a while and he he sees his old uh, like right hand man, kind of the page or whatever. He says, "How are the men?" And he says, "Fat and bored." Because they're soldiers, right? And they hadn't been doing anything. But I think that's what we are. We're just, as long as we've got our internet and our Doritos, um, yeah, but yeah that- we shake our hand at the clouds. But, I mean, look at, look, look, at, look at what we've been put through the last three years, and we didn't do anything about it. We didn't do anything to stop it. And we haven't done anything to hold the people responsible accountable. And if if what we went through the last three years didn't spark a, a, a sort of cultural rebellion, I don't know what will. Well, maybe it's just taking time, but it, this is another black pill brought to you by the <laughs> Mind Virus show. Just what's well, reality? You're, you're welcome. The re- reality is not real pretty right now. So the reality is that it's bad. Is there anything we can do about it? What what uh, we need to start the Bobby Flood. Um, <laughs> omniverse of I, I don't uh, know improvement I mean, uh, what we've had this conversation we, a lot like what can we do about it i don't i uh, the only solutions or ideas i have involved just you and your your family right because i i can't go out and change i can't no you know no one's asking my opinion you know in washington dc no one's saying hey what, what can we do i'm not on cnn or msnbc or anywhere else i have it's like the but it would take such fundamental we'd have to dismantle the the institutions. Well, I guess we have sort of a microcosm in our uh, well, think, in our LDS culture here like the guys I ran into this week um we're talking about church and church culture and it's like I pointed out that you know we could change things or can or can we, you know? Mm-hmm. If the cuz isn't is there still common consent in the church or is it all top down? Mm, yeah. Right. Like literally though, if there were a, a, a grassroots like, okay, we've had enough. Wouldn't the, I think the leadership from my understanding, we have listeners out there that could actually substantiate this, but a lot of the decisions are made by polling and, and public opinion. And well, they've said their publicly that revelation by committee. Right. Like, like you, you know, People factor into it. Big, mm-hmm. the, the membership factors into it big time. And so if the, if the members were more adamant that, they're, that, that um, certain things changed in a more unified way, I think that, that those changes would occur. But the, pro- the problem is there's a psychology that you're going to get the mm-hmm. direction from the top down. You don't have a say in it. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, it's the ants versus the grasshoppers. Well, just it's institution, right? It's institution versus individuals, and that's kind of the crux of the whole thing. And we'd have to dismantle every major institution. Maybe one way you could do that is start if we all got rid of these smartphones. Do you do you dismantle the institution, or do you just have to displace the people that are taking the the money? Like you do, do yeah, you, the, the, I guess part just, of the same thing. The maybe. institution has to be dismantled because the mechanisms of the institution have been built to suck the money out of the people and, and therefore and the freedom and the liberty and the right. autonomy. I mean, and then that leads to the control that they have. Right. 
you know, I think we think, oh yeah, well, I'll just go off grid and, or I have food storage. I'm a prepper and that's going to last about two weeks in a, or maybe a year. I, I last right up until the people around you take it. from. I don't think we're going to get like a, a Mad Max Thunderdome type scenario. I think it's going to be more technological. Central bank digital currencies, surveillance, smart everything, you know, everything's connected. Well, it's pretty much all over once you do the central bank digital currency, except that you get this uh, two-tiered society. Well, you end up really with a three-tiered society. You have the controllers, the people who are following the system, and then you have the underclass. And, And this, again, shows up in a lot of movies where there's that they're either living underground or they're living in under viaducts or they're living yeah, somewhere they're hiding out. That's not going to work. They're, they're not a, they're like a black market or something. They're, yeah, not, that they're, might, they're deep, deep peopled. They're unpeopled. I think what you might have is sort of like people who flee the cities, right? The 15 minute city prisons and they go out into the mountains or their farmland or whatever. But that might last for a couple of years and the, the, the controllers might be content to say, yeah, they're going to go out there, but they're going to die eventually. They're going to starve because yeah. at some point you're going to have to resupply. You can't, you know, you say, well, I'll just live off the land. Well, the fish are going to run, the, the rivers are going to run empty. Something we forget about a lot of the fisheries and the rivers in the mountain West are stocked. Yeah. They managed. Um, all they have to do is stop doing that. Right. And after a, uh, a winter, uh, all the fish freeze and die because the river went solid and there's no mm-hmm. more fish. It's not, it wouldn't take that long either, especially if a large portion of the population was shooting the deer and the elk and mm-hmm. the antelope. And the, mm-hmm. It wouldn't take long to wipe them out. Uh, what I'm saying is I think a lot of the traditional ideas that we have as sort of prepper-type people that's not going to play out very long. Your your cache of food, you know, there's a scene in The Road, right? The Cormac McCarthy uh, novel. There's a scene in The Road, father and son, and we, I, I might have talked about this before. They're, they're wandering around, right? They're on a road trying to find this better community. And they find an old farmhouse, and in the backyard, there's a cellar that mm-hmm. they find, and they go down, and there's all this food, right? Canned food and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's a great find for them. But they can't stay there too long. And, and I think, you know, those people took, a, again, it's a novel, it's fiction, but it depicts something I think that's very real. These people, the original owners, they built this storm shelter, the cellar, they had food in there. They had survival mm-hmm. uh, uh, supplies and everything, and it didn't work out for didn't them. Didn't work out. Somehow they weren't able to get to that shelter when they needed to, and they probably died somewhere or were run off. So I, I just think our, like it's good to have food storage and, and all that stuff. But we have to understand the reality that in a, something really bad, that's only going to last you so long. Either you're going to eat it all or a mob of people will come and take it from you. Right. Like you said. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll flee to, I have property in the mountains and I'll go there and, and I have a little cabin up there. And that's great until you show up and your deed to the property means nothing anymore. And there's a, uh, the tax man, there's a, an army, there's a tank and a Hummer, uh, blocking oh, access okay. to the, to the community. You know, say your deed matters very little to the government also. Who, well, right. If you don't pay your property taxes. Right. Already that's the case. But yeah. 
And, and again, they might be content to let a few people just scurry off into the hills because they know they have 90% of the population trapped in the smart cities. Yeah. I wonder if there is a tipping point because it, like, like it, there, there is a grind. We're in a grind right now. And I think this uh, Oliver Anthony music being so popular demonstrates how people really feel. Right. And, and are they really, at, are there really, because we, we live in an affluent area, right? Utah is an affluent area. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of our listeners. At least the Wasatch Front yeah, is. Our, a lot of our listeners are uh, surrounded by affluence. And um, so the poor out in um, West Virginia. Middle Tennessee or West Virginia or whatever, they're not, you know, maybe they're not, uh, we're, maybe we're disconnected from that. You know, we've got, we've got a lot of real positives about where we live. And um, another kind of take your second black pill is, I th- we've talked about how patient the controllers are, the oligarchy. And mm-hmm. right now in the, in the United States, the younger generation, like people, you know, our kids and their the millennials, kids, the, the Gen Z, Gen the Z. millennials, they're yeah. being brought up to believe that control and smart cities and central bank digital currencies and sort of censorship and the, the fight against disinformation. They're, they're growing up believing those are good things. Yeah. And so this is what they're creating is a generation of people that they won't have to conquer. They're going to will. They're already submit. conquered. Yeah. Right. They're conquered people. And, and again, they just let us, like I said, the Gen X, that's us. We're the last people who could stop this. Because we're we remember well, see, the, we remember the before we could times. Stop it! We're the most dangerous to their right. agenda because we remember. Yeah, and we could stop but, it. There's enough of us, right? There's enough of us ants from Gen X. But I think they're content to maybe make us think that everything's fine and and let us die off. You know, in 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 twenty to forty years, we'll all be gone and. Uh, by then, uh, you know, you're going to have a rising generation of people who are begging to be controlled well, the, and, and locked into the, these yeah, the oligarchy, prison cities. Yeah, the oligarchy definitely does have a multi-decade plan. But I, I, do, I do think that there is a breaking point for society. The question mark is, where is that? You know, that's yeah, the... That's the, a good question. It, it, does it break? And in which way does it break? Or does the oligarchy just present you with another war and whatever? And I think there's some, um, you know, spiritual, uh, astrological significance to the time we live in. I think, you know, if the prophecies are true, there will be a uh, resolution to this corrupt, fallen world. Because this this is typical of the uh, corrupt world, I think, that we're just seeing it on a global scale. But... Uh, at some point, God will conclude the probationary state and um, set things right. And you know, maybe it, we 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 dance around <laughs> this every once in a while about what makes good society, what what can we do, whatever. I think. The number one thing I would recommend just today to the listeners is like, look, we got to pray to God. We, if, if ever there was a people that needed a savior, we do, mm-hmm. you know, we really do. And I don't think that that fact is lost upon 
him upon the gods of light upon the good side that we really we really do need a savior and the difficulty is that you you know you, it's not like the genie in Aladdin where you can just get the rub the rub the lamp and get him to come out and grant your wishes the the lord speaks to us through the still small voice and then you know other ways other signs other uh, subtle intimations, uh, sometimes obviously, sometimes in big ways. Uh, there are definitely people that have gifts and definitely people who've had visions and dreams and stuff like that. But, but it's, it seems like it's, it's always, uh, abstract enough or distant enough that, you know, you're given the choice to believe it or not. And, um, we, we have to, we have to work hard or, you know, really search our inner self to to decide what we want to believe because the the world is in our face, right? And um, we can easily be distracted. But anyway, my point my point being that I think God cares about what we have to say, <laughs> what what we're thinking, but we need to be really intentional and direct about it. And uh, again, if if ever there was a people that needed a savior it is us you know and i think it it, it it's going to get um worse before it gets better I, I like we don't what we don't need is to be saved back to the state of the of america in the reagan years a lot of people just want to turn the clock back you know to quote a famous book <laughs> wickedness never was happiness right mm-hmm. just because we had the dominant culture in the world at that time didn't make it zion it never was zion it never was necessarily righteous as a whole you know through and through and so we're not talking about turning the clock back to to the reagan years we're talking about serious metanoia repentance changing of the heart and mind and and i think that's the difficulty is when we try to engage the lord that's where he starts. It's not like, oh, you want you want your ice cream, you want your your big lollipop, you want you want delivered here. Here you go. No, it has, it starts with the man in the mirror first, and uh, we have to be willing to hear those difficult realities. Right? Is that is that maybe the biggest consequence of ignoring reality is that then you you uh deaden yourself to the influence of the gods of light of jesus christ of the of those that would save us is that is that what we're doing here we finally we've come full circle and realized all that stuff it says in the scriptures is actually true <laughs> right <laughs> you can become past feeling how often i would have gathered you but you and would yet not. you would not you would not yeah are we ignoring is that the reality we're ignoring and that's the the difficult uh, thing we have to wake up to is that all of us, even those of us that we th- that think we're informed, we've been ignoring our God, and therefore now we can't ignore the consequences of ignoring that, because the consequences <clears throat> slap you upside the head. Right. Well, Amen. <laughs> it's a question. Love to hear your comments and feedback. Uh. <laughs> I'm not sorry, not sorry for another black pilled episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was this to talk about Barbie again.
we should yeah we 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 should uh review some movies people like it when we review movies yeah i like reviewing movies we need a good movie right i mean we could go back to the old classics but you guys have all seen those what's what's exciting and new yeah i I don't want to go review the latest little mermaid oh no i'm not gonna see that I'm not I saw Barbie it. because you wanted to see it. What if I wanted to watch Little Mermaid? Well, Little Mermaid is not going to be a cultural phenomenon. Little well, obviously, Mer- it wasn't. Little Mermaid and Snow White are already flops. They're already terrible. Well, just like the, does anybody know anything about the Indiana Jones movie? I, I don't know anybody that's seen it. I don't know anybody that right. cares. I love Indiana Jones, but yeah. or at least, least loved him. It's a great franchise. Great character. It was, and it got it got ruined. The only thing anybody can talk about is Barbie because it made so much money. It's been really popular. Made a lot of money, and it was a cultural event. Well, I'm warning, and we warned everybody that they're using nostalgia, your nostalgia, you women out there, that 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 nostalgia is being used as a lever to pry open your mind and fill it with whatever their message was, which right. we talked about in the in the Barbie thing. They, right. There are so many ways that we are being mentally attacked right now and that and that's the alarming thing is that it's the it's the mental spiritual destruction that occurs before physical you know wholesale physical destruction um oh you know what i I know i know we want to end the thing here because we're out of things to say but i read um (laughs) we're never out of things that say we always come up with something do we well i mean we come up with words I don't know if there's ideas behind the words, but there's words. Okay, come on. I've got some sort of a problem here. Well, he's looking that up. Just chew on this. Uh, Fauci and Collins, the director of the NIH, made about $300 million in royalty payments during the pandemic. I've seriously got some some sort of a stuck um, key here on my keyboard here, but... uh, Listen to this. This is interesting because, like, it goes with what I was trying to say. Okay, you're right. You're right. Total corruption at the highest levels. Did you want to finish anything on that? No, just chew on that. Okay, chew on that. Well, here, uh, Armstrong Economics, uh, Martin Armstrong, who uh, TBM loves, 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 thinks he's the smartest guy in the history of the world. Um <laughs> Thanks for listening, TBM. Uh, I was being uh, facetious, as they say. Anyway, I thought this was interesting. This guy, he has people write in and he'll comment on stuff on his blog. And this illustrates, I think, the problem. It's not that... It's not that everybody is... um, has succumbed to the mind virus, right? The problem is when you get enough of the population, then you can create the destruction, right? This guy says, Mr. Armstrong, you're so right about this country being totally screwed. I dated a girl three times. Everything seemed okay. We had similar similar goals and interests. Then I mentioned the Trump indictment. Suddenly she just said, oh, you're a Trump supporter. The conversation turned cold and suddenly I saw a look of hatred in her eyes. It is an understatement to say that I got the check and that was it. I asked her about war and about Biden's crime family, and she said the war was justified because Putin supported Trump. And as for the Biden crime family, that was a right-wing conspiracy theory. There was nothing left to talk about. I cannot say enough. Socrates, which is his 
predictive um, cycles analyst program. Socrates has pegged the future correctly. There was no talking to her, even on a polite level. Remember, this is the third date. Mm -hmm. I don't see how this country can stand as one. We are too far gone. There's no basis for the compromise of you to leave me alone and I leave you alone. They don't tolerate even our existence. We have no right to disagree. Just had to say my experience firsthand. Uh, that's, I think we've all experienced that to some level, especially during COVID when it was, you know, the dirty, unwashed, unvaccinated versus the rest of us. Right. Uh, that's the problem is that, that, and that's a big question mark. Is that, is that not the case in America that people are that divided? Do we not have anything any common ground that we can come together on or has, has the uh, mind control program been successful to that extent that we now have uh, opposing sides and all that's left is to start the shooting and take each other's stuff and then see what happens on the other side. It's a big question mark. Yeah, it is. It is. I have thoughts, but I'm not going to go into them. I have before, but no, let's leave it to the, Dear, dear listeners, give us your thoughts at mindvirus.show. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>